Take your Bibles to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, We've been working through, there's two stories in Hebrews 11 that the Bible gives us a lot of uh, content. Um, It was when when we got into Abraham, there was a lot about Abraham. Went through different uh, segments of his life. And then also when we get to Moses here. But the thing about Moses is uh, there's so many things that we know about his life. I mean, Moses was one that led the children of Israel out of the wilderness. He's talked to the burning bush. Uh, Moses is one that uh, saw the Red Sea split. He's, he, all these different things that happened. Um, it's like, okay, Hebrews 11 is going to dive into it, but it doesn't go into every detail. But it does some of the things. It just like knocks, uh, uh, it touches into certain aspects of his life. And, and I think it's important for us to touch into what is going on. <clears throat> the different things that he's mentioned in this passage uh, of the highlights of his life. So I, I, I want to do that. But I want, I want you to see that the biggest thing that I think that we're going to have the takeaways from this is the timing of God. And I know for us, when we get to the last verse in Hebrews eleven twenty nine, it goes into, and God split the Red Sea, which is awesome. But then there's a tag that, that it ta- tacks onto the, the, the end of that verse that it adds so much more to it. And you're thinking that we often overlook that part of it, but I want to tie it all in together. Waiting on God is hard. And the timing of God doesn't make sense. There's some of you right now that are waiting for God to do something, but you've been waiting for so long that you're about to give up on whatever you're waiting on God to do. And maybe you guys are never going to do it the way that you think he's going to do it. And that's definitely the story. I've known young people wait for God's plan to graduate, wait for God's plan to get through college. Now, God, I'm waiting for you to give me a spouse. And it's no, 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 no. It's like, God, what do, what do I have to do? God, I'm begging, I'm praying, I'm seeking, I'm living right. I've been a bridesmaid in every wedding that I know. I attend, I go to all these things, but God keeps saying no, and I have to represent everybody else's wedding and wonderful day, but God just keeps making me wait. I know people that have done this while they're waiting to have a child. God, we've saved, we've planned, we, we, we did everything the right way, we're, 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 we're waiting on you, and God, you just, it's, it's just no, but there's people all around me that are getting pregnant, and even people that don't even want to get pregnant. But for me, it's a no. You're stuck in a job, and you're waiting for God to give you that breakthrough, and, and you're waiting for God to like get you out of that position, and you're waiting for that new position to open, and you're hanging in there because you know one day it's going to happen, one day it's going to happen, one day it's going to happen, but it doesn't. And people will step in your life and say, well, God's timing is perfect, and we just got to wait to see what God's going to do. And I know that's true, but then when you look at your circumstance, it's like, well, things are getting worse, and they're falling apart, and it's not coming together, or you're praying for your kids that they'd get back in church and get closer to God or whatever, and it just doesn't happen. But, you know, I know that God's timing is perfect. I mean, we, we would say amen to that. God's timing is... But let me tell you, when it comes to God's timing, it's easier to tell other people that God's timing is perfect rather than you to tell yourself that God's timing is perfect. I mean, we're, we're great at giving spiritual information to people. It's like, bless you, but God makes no mistakes and God's working. And then you're waiting in your situation. And you're just like, where are you, God? There's in Psalms, there's, they, they did this all through the Bible. It's like, while you're waiting, it says, 
and maybe we can identify with this. It says, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Have you ever, have you ever prayed that prayer? It's not a matter of, Lord, Lord, make a way when there seems to be no way. Split the water. Drop the walls. It's like, this, this, is more, this is more us. Okay, this is more of our level right here. How long will you forgive me? Forget me, Lord, forever? <laughs> if that's not like being real with God, I don't know what is. It's not just a matter, do you want me to wait longer? It's like, forever? How long will you hide your face from me? God, I don't even know if you're here. God, I don't see you working in the situation. It's not like it's good send back and, man, I'm waiting for a long time, but look at that. God is working. No, he's a ma- it's a matter of saying in that passage, I don't see you do a thing. I don't even know if you're here. Where's your face? That's another way of saying, where's your presence? This passage in Hebrews goes into the story of Moses <laughs> uh, th- uh, through them going to Egypt, getting... Uh, for, for lo- looking for food, and God had this plan of doing all these things. They get trapped in Egypt. Years go by, years go by. They become a threat to the Egyptians. As a result of that, they end up making them enslaved to the Egyptians. We know the bondage that we read in Exodus. That's what the Moses story, the Exodus story is all about. Time goes on, and, and they don't know the Pharaoh that was good to them and all the blessings that came as a result of that. And then they become enslaved to their false gods and the, the, the false religion, and all they are is beat and mistreated for everything that they did. God had a plan, and God rose up a man named Moses. And as a result of Moses, the Bible says, uh, in just highlighting his story, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. During that time, every boy child that was born, they, they, would, they would kill the babies because of the fact is they didn't want that generation, the boys, to grow up and become an army that could take them down. So they, they had this plan, we'll just kill off all the babies. But I want you to notice at the beginning of it, it's not the faith of Moses, but it was the faith of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child, he was a blessed child, that, that God had a plan for this baby and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. I, I, the, the, this story starts off not about the faith of Moses, even though it talks and alliterates or, or points to it, but it's talking about the faith of his mom and dad. Knowing that, hey, our lives are in jeopardy if we go against the king, if we go against Pharaoh. And so they hid the baby, and they, 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 not knowing what they're going to do. What are we going to do with the crying baby? It's hard to hide a crying baby. And here they are just saying, I know that God has a plan for it, and God's going to do something great for this child, but it's a step of faith of the parents. It's awesome that we can talk about the faith that God gives uh, the, the next generation. But let me tell you, a lot of times the faith is passed on. It's not, just, it's not just created in the heart of somebody. He was raised or, 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 or delivered into the family of, of God-fearing, faithful people. They put Moses into a basket. I know most of us know this. Uh, they sent him down the Nile River, discovered by Pharaoh's daughter. That he, she adopts the baby in Exodus chapter 2, but then something cool happens. She says, I can't nurse this baby. I don't know how to take care of this baby. Go find me a Hebrew woman. Comes up and says, well, you do that. Well, that was Moses' mom. You say, what a coincidence. No, what an awesome God. We, we, God is in the details of your story. But remember, at the very beginning of it, this is by faith, taking a step of faith. I don't know what's going to do. I'm going to just let go of this child and see what God does, being led of God to do this. But God was in the details. So here it is. You've got this Hebrew mom taking this baby, kissing his little face, 
being able to rock them at night and be able to t- sing the stories of the Hebrews and, and, and tell about God's faithfulness and God's goodness and, and, and reading him scripture and talking about how God's got a plan for his life. And then one day, which I don't know when the child was weaned, gave back to them. And now he's being raised in an environment that wasn't what we would think would be God's plan. But every aspect of it was God's plan. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. Have you ever been in a situation that you're thinking, I don't know why I'm here? You can imagine he's raised in this home of Pharaoh's family. It's not his, it's not his uh, heritage. It's, he's not, it's not his people. It's not his mom. But he's being taught the Egyptians' ways. He's being taught the Egyptian gods. He's being taught the Egyptian language and all this other. And he's probably thinking, why am I here? Maybe some of you are in a job right now that you're thinking, why am I here? I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm miserable. I don't want to be here. But it's amazing how God will bring us through things to prepare us for what he has later. Now, I know a lot of us know this already, but let me just show you. In Acts chapter 7, verse 22, and Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptian. It was mighty in words and in deeds. Do you understand the time that he was being raised in an environment that he says, this makes no sense and it's accomplishing nothing? God was training him and preparing him to go before Pharaoh one day. How do you think he was able to know the customs and know even when he raised his scepter or when he stood up or their gods and all this other stuff? It was because God brought him through something that was uncomfortable, but God was preparing him in God's time for what he was going to do with him later. You might not have a clue why God has you in the situation that you're going through right now. And all you're thinking is, God is being mean to me, and I'm miserable, and I hate this. And God says, just wait, 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 wait. Everything you're learning right now, I'm going to use. Every, every language that you're learning, the ways that you're learning, the, the customs that you're learning, I'm going to use that. And I, can't, I could not usher somebody in to be able to be in that position without going through the training that he was going through. Choosing rather to suffer the affliction of, the, of people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the, his reward, of the reward. The Bible tells us that he had it all. He had it all. He had position. He had authority. He had power. He had money. And we talk about the riches of Egypt. We're not just talking this dude had money. I'm not just talking about he wore the newest Nikes, okay? It's not that he just, he had gas money to burn, okay? This, this dude was wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. Something pricked his heart. It turned him around to pull him out of that situation. Because it's, it's amazing. When God's timing is right, God, God works in our hearts and our minds to move us into the next step of what God's doing. He made a choice in his heart, not even knowing. He said, had respect unto the recompense of his reward. He was trusting God when he had nothing. He had no idea what his next move would lead him to. Here's the thing. In order for God to do more with you, sometimes he has to move you. And that's so uncomfortable. When God moves you from another job or another house or another state or whatever... And those things happen, but I'm telling you, in order for God to do what, what he had next for him, God had to move him. Moses was in his heart, whatever God has for me, I'm going to do. But by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He endured as seeing him of who is invisible. Moving forward, that when nothing makes sense, not knowing what God had. Here's the cool thing. God brings him to the backside of the desert. God gives him a family. And God gives him Jethro as a, this priest that was going to invest in his life. 
and God gives him a wife, and God gives him kids, and God gives him this knowledge of sheep. And you say, why did he need knowledge of sheep? He was going to one day lead God's sheep, God's people, through what he was doing. Now, I know this is not exciting stuff. This is just the backstory. But to understand that God's timing in every bit of that 40 years here, 40 years here, brings him back 40 years, all these different things. What is God doing? Every step of the story, everything that Hebrews is laying out, every boring detail of him sitting in that school and learning the history of the Egyptians. And he thinking, this is not even my people. Why do I need to know about their God? Why do I need to know about the Nile River? Why do I need to know about our history? Why do I need to know that? Till one day when God ushered him in before Pharaoh and he's standing there and he's going, oh, that's why. God had me learn that so I could stand here. The thing is, you're just not there yet to know why God's having you do what he's having you do right now. The timing of God. And this, this is just the backstory of all these things. Jump forward, Moses encounters the burning bush. He goes back to Egypt, performs nine plagues, breaking down the Egyptian gods. So we get to the 10th one. And the Bible says, and the blood shall be to you as a token upon the house where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Now I want you to see this. This is before it was called Passover. This was just Passover. I will, I will see the blood. So they, God said, I'm going to do one more plague. This was the 10th plague. Simple. This is what I need you to do. I need you to trust me. I need you to take a lamb, take the blood, put it on the three spots of the doorpost. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You realize that God can't do big things in your life until you're willing to obey him in the small things in life. We talk about the Red Sea moment. What about, what about them just obeying God to put the blood on the doorpost? You, you see the simple things of this. And God says, when I see the blood, when I see you obeyed, then it shall not be upon you, for I will destroy them. He's talking about what he's going to do. That's why Hebrews 11.28 points out through faith, he kept the Passover. And the sprinkling of blood, the less to destroy the firstborn that should, uh, should touch them. This was a huge step of faith. Then it wraps up the story in Hebrews 11, verse 29, with the one that we know. And this is where we're going to kind of get to. By faith, pass through the Red Sea by dry land which the Egyptians are saying to do, were drowned. Let, let me read the first part. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea by the dry land. <clears throat> so here's the go-to message. You ready for this? God will make a way when there seems to be no way. And then everybody gets excited. Amen to that because I am stuck and I need God to make a way when there seems to be no way. There's so much more here. And I think sometimes we get disappointed with God because we understand that he's a way maker, but we don't understand the timing of God for him to be the way maker. Here's, here's what I want to, this is what I want to focus on. It's true that they were, God is a way maker. It is true that God's going to do things when things seem to be falling apart. It's true that God intervenes when we feel stuck. But faith is trusting that God's timing is perfect while you're waiting for him to be the way maker. Can we just study this? When nothing seems to be going right. And I think this is where we're like, you know, some of us can perk up and go, okay, whatever you're about to say, I'm there. <laughs> it's like, when nothing seems to be going right. When I'm telling you it went from bad to worse, and I know what God did over here, and I know the 10 plagues, and I know that God is good, and got the Passover thing, and man, we ran out, and got, we ended up with blessing after blessing, and we're on our way, but I'm telling you, God just led us to a point to make everything fall apart. 
But I want us to walk out of here today with an understanding that the Red Sea was a setup for way more than just making a way to get to the other side. And if your whole focus is about asking God to make a way when there seems to be no way, then you're missing the whole point of this story because the second part of that verse ended up explaining why God brought them to the Red Sea. So when nothing seems to be going right, know that God is always at work. And I know right now you're thinking, oh, here we go again. I know know that in my head, but I don't see it in my life. For anybody, when they're stuck at the Red Sea and they can't go forward, and then you guys know that the army starts engaging them after that, if somebody was to walk up to them and say, brothers, can I just tell you right now, God's timing is perfect. You just want to punch them in the face. You're you're not like, that's right. You're like, do you not have eyes? Do you not understand that there is no way to move forward and there is no way to go back? We are not warriors to be able to bring down that army, and we're, there's no way we're going to swim across this sea. There, we are just stuck, and it gets to you. See, God is at work when we can't see it. I, in Deuteronomy 9, verse 3, it says, Understand, therefore, this day. Let me, let me tell you something that, that you need to understand. The Lord thy God is he which goes before, over before thee. He, he goeth before thee. As a consuming fire, he shall destroy them. See, the thing that God wants us to understand, when, we're, when there's nothing that we can do, and now we look back at the story and say, man, it's such a powerful story. Well, they weren't thinking that in this situation. It's amazing how God works behind the scenes in ways that we can't see it. Let me, let me give you an illustration. I have the most amazing, wonderful, hardworking daughter you've ever seen in your entire life. The reason why I had to say that is because I want to tell a story about Morgan, and she said, you can tell it as long as I start with that statement. So there I, I said, uh, I don't know if Morgan's in here, so I already I said the statement, so I'm good to go with the story. Um, so uh, there she is. <laughs> I will go home sometimes, and I'll just find her keys on the, the table or whatever, and she's, she, she does work hard. She's a crazy hard worker. Uh, does amazing in school, and then she runs all the time. But I, I'm observing what I watch that, her, that she did, that what she does. She's always working. She's always applying herself. She's always going the extra mile for all that she does. And I like doing that for her. So once in a while when she's up getting ready or doing whatever, I'll, I'll go into the house. I'll just grab her keys. I'll go out to her car. I'll take her car. I'll drive it down to the gas station. I'll get her gas, clean her windshield, check her oil, I'll do all the things. I'll fill her washer fluid up and things like that. I'll come back to the house. I don't knock on the door and just say, your oil level is now full. I I don't do that. I I just go because I care about her. I know what's best for her. I know what's best for her car. And I take care of her in ways she can't see. And I set the keys back down. She's able to go out to the car and not have to worry about the oil light, not have to worry about windshield solvent, not have to worry about bugs being on the windshield, whatever. You say, why do you do that? Because I care about my daughter. And I'm involved in her life even sometimes in ways that she can't see it. But she can't trust just in the fact that her oil pressure is good. She's got to put confidence in the relationship that she knows that her dad has her back. Do you understand? Your dad has your back in ways that you can't see. Now, there's a part of this story 
<clears throat> that I think is so important that a lot of times we, we skip right over it. We go right to the Red Sea and say, let me explain this to you. Here's a little reminder. You say, was there not another way? God led them to the Red Sea on purpose. That the Red Sea was intentional. I, 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 we don't want to say this, but I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes problems come into our life because they're a setup for God to do more. It's not that God's picking on you. Let me show you this. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, and I'm telling you, I don't think I've ever in, in messages about the Red Sea heard this message preached right here. And there came to pass, this is rewinding before they get there, that Pharaoh had let the people go, that, God's, uh, God, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. So you know, let me just lay it out for you right now. God said, there's an easier way to go, but I'm not going to take them the easier way. So, well, that's unfair. Why would God not do that? Why would God take me the harder way to go? For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war. See, the Philistines would have taken them out from the very beginning. If God would have, if God would have led it up to them and they would have said, hey, what's the easiest way? If we go this way, that's a lot easier. It would have been easier, but it would not have been God's way. Thank God God knew the plans that he had from them. He knew what was coming their way. And God brought them to something harder because he was saving them from something worse. I said, I want them running into war. They're not ready for war. I'm going to take them another way. Have you ever thought the problem that you're having right now is just a matter of God saving you from something that was worse? You don't even see that. They didn't see this. The Red Sea was there for a reason. And I know we know this verse, and the Bible says this, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Can I point out something that is so important for us to understand with this passage? It doesn't say that all things are good and they work together for good. The Bible says that all things work together for good. Meaning that what God was doing with the army invading them and coming at them from this way, and what God was doing by bringing them to a stop, that you were thinking that this is just a roadblock we can't get through. God's saying that I'm going to work together for good, and that I'm going to work together for good to bring about something that is according to his purpose. These are the messages that are so easy to understand when nothing's going wrong. Because we don't want to hear it when things are falling apart. And God says, well, God's going to use this for good. All these pieces are going to come together for good. We, in our minds, thinking, how, how could any of this go together for good? But God had a plan. For, it says in uh, Exodus 14, verse 3, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, God said, I follow up. And this is the setup. Listen to the setup. They are entangled in the land, in the wilderness that shut them up. Know that I am the will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. In the eyes of the enemy, God had them to a place of failure. But in the eyes of God, it was a place of setup for success. See, the thing is, we've got to trust God rather than how things look. Because right now in our minds, we're thinking that this is just a failure. Everything is messed up. Have you ever thought this? God wanted them to look stuck? Literally. They, they, it was a trap for what God was going to do. And you're not going to understand the full depth of this till we get to the very end. Because remember, all these things that work together for good to them that love God. Because you don't know what's happening next. Our hearts begin to fail you. Listen to this. Your momentary problem can be a setup for God's extraordinary plan. And you need to know that right now, whenever you're facing, whether it's this issue in front of you of the Red Sea, or you're looking back at the armies charging after you, 
those momentary things you have to trust God can be used for an extraordinary plan that God has for you. And that's exactly what happened in this uh, story. They are entangled in the land. We ask the question all the time, why is God doing this? God has a plan. Let me show you in verse 4 again. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that they shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh. And they will know that I am the Lord. God was giving them a testimony. Now, let me tell you right now, I love preaching this story. You know, I, I, I love getting up, and I love, I love this song, Waymaker, that God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He, he'll open doors. He'll, he'll, he'll bring a testimony. He'll do all these things. And we get so excited, like, man, God, do that for me. But you understand that every single one of these stories that we read through the Bible wasn't all fairy tale and, 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 and exciting things that happened to them. That God brought them through something right there to not only do a work in their life, but to give them a testimony for the sake of others. The only reason why I can tell you what God did in their life is because God allowed them to go through this. And right now, whatever you're going through in your life could be something that God is writing your story for the sake of others in the future. I don't know that doesn't feel good right now, but I'm telling you, one day you'll be able to stand up and say, let me tell you what God did at my Red Sea. It wasn't water. It wasn't an army coming after me, but I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. But God did things that I would have never been able to even put into words what God was doing at the time. When nothing seems to be going right, know that God is at work. And here's the second thing. Don't quit. We are hardwired in our minds and our flesh, that when things begin to get worse, not when things get bad. I'm going to tell you, because we, we, we put on our boxing gloves. When something comes up, it's like, we've got this, let's do this. But when issues begin to pile up one after another, eventually we get to the point where we say the words, I'm done. Enough is enough. I can't do this anymore. I have tried and I have tried and I have tried. And some reason... God is after me, and some reason God is leading me to fail. Some reason God is mad at me, because the Red Sea was enough. Can I just paint this picture? Can we put this in our minds? It's not just that, and the enemy was approaching them. Okay, that would be bad. At one point in the story, when they were asking, let my people go, that we might go three days into the wilderness and worship God. Pharaoh got mad. He said, oh, Really? Three days in the wilderness just to worship God. He said, your people have enough time to go in the wilderness and worship God. They have that kind of time, then they should be using that to glorify me. He said to his men, go take away all the uh, straw and make them work for it. So now they have this taxing labor on top of them that they had to not only make the bricks, but now they had to do their own straw. And they said, this is impossible. Now they're upset because the fact is that he didn't care about them, that he was putting more work on them, and, and they, they beaten them for not doing this, to the work to their, uh, to their level. Do you understand that these people were the ones that beat them and abused them all this time? Do you understand that they just went through a time because of the God of the uh, Israelites, that they were looking back, that now his son is dead? You want to stir up anger in somebody's life? Go ahead and let something like that happen to them. Now they're looking back. Pharaoh's not just coming at them. So is an army of people that just watched their own children die because of the result of the plagues that was put on by their God. You want to know the wrath that's about to come on them? It wasn't just that people that were mad were coming after them. They wanted vengeance and they wanted them dead. Fear is real. For anybody's going to tell you that you should not face fear, there's something wrong with them. Fear is real. 
It, come, it happens in our minds. It happens in our hearts. It's, it's a real emotion that we face. I don't care who you are or how spiritual you are. You will face things that will scare you. And facing that situation between a rock and a hard place, and there's nothing they could do, that where they felt stuck, they were afraid. The Bible says in verse, uh, Exodus 14, verse 10, And Pharaoh drew nigh, and the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Works of God and works of faith does not mean that you won't deal with fear doesn't mean that it's always pretty. I think we've almost messed up Christianity by painting this picture of Prince of Egypt moments from, you know, and thank God for cool stories like that, that we can play cartoons for our kids. But it's not always just they stand there and they lift up the rod and everything fell into place. They were scared for their lives. They thought they were going to die. They thought they were going to watch their kids be murdered in front of them as the vengeance of the enemy approaching them. Fear is real. People say it's faith over fear. It is faith over fear. But that doesn't eliminate the fear. For anybody saying, I just, I'm struggling with this. You are going to struggle because God made you human. The difference is which one's going to rule your life. Which one are you going to let control your mind? Because it's not a matter of you not dealing with fear. You're going to deal with fear. The question is, which one are you going to let control your life when you are dealing with scary situations? Sometimes in order for you to experience God do great things, you might have to experience great times of fear. Where you don't have it figured out. And you feel like any second, everything could possibly all fall apart. God's timing is perfect, but they didn't know that. It's easier said than done. And they said unto Moses, because there are no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore thou hast dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt. Is not this the word which they did tell us in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we might serve the Egyptians? For they had been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness." They were filled with fear to the point where they said, I wish we would have just been slaves forever as opposed to coming out here to die. I wish we could go back. The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest unto me, speak to the children of Israel, that they go forward. Do you know why God said, tell them to go forward? Because in their minds, God knew that they wanted to go back. Because in our minds, we think there is no way out and it is easy to check out of hard situations. It just is easy to check out. We might not do it physically. We might show up in church and sing the songs, but in our hearts and minds, we stop praying, we stop seeking, we stop truly worshiping God because in our minds, we check out. When we hit a marriage situation that I can fix this and it's getting worse, we check out. Or when a situation with our kids that I've tried and I tried and it's just getting worse, I can't make this better, we check out. God was saying to their minds, don't quit, move forward. And the thing about it is there was no way to move forward. How do you move forward? There's nowhere to go. There's nothing that I can do. There's no way to do this. God was telling them move forward because you can't see it yet, but I'm not done with you. I think that might be a message that every one of us needs to hear today, that God's not done with your story no matter how bad it looks. And how dare we look at a story like this and say, hey, man, that was great. God made a way. I'm going to teach it to my kids. I'll sing this song. 
The only reason why it's in the Bible is for us to know and be reassured in our hearts and minds that God's not done when things look bad. It's not that things were bad. Things were amazing. So no, they weren't. Yes, they were. They just didn't know it yet. And the thing that you're thinking is going to be the end of your life or the end of your marriage or the end of your situation could be a setup for what God's going to do next that's going to be amazing. Say, I don't get it. Okay, let's keep going. We want to run. And Moses said unto the people, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Can I read that again? What is the instructions? And Moses said unto the people, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. And the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. When nothing seems to be going right, know that God is working. Don't quit. Watch and learn. I'm going to ask you guys a serious question right now. I want to ask... How many in here have grown up in church hearing the stories about the Bible? Raise your hand right now, which is probably, I'd say, at least two-thirds to the majority of the people in here. Do you know how easy it is for us to associate God with a story rather than the character of God? We, we will tell the story, repeat the story, point to the story without understanding. It's not the fact that God wanted us to know that he can make water split, it's a matter of God wanting you to know that I make a way when there seems to be no way. God wants you to know that he's in the details. God wants you to know that he had a plan. God wants you to know that his timing is perfect. Those are the principles about God that he wanted us to know. Not that we get to water and God makes it split open. We, we, we get wrapped up in the story rather than understanding the character of God. Whatever God is bringing you through right now, it's not just a matter of bringing you through it. God says, stop and see. Can I show you that I'm more than a song lyric? Can I show you that the meme that you share to your friend when they're going through a hard time is encouraging, but I'm the God of those words, not just a meme that you share? You will never know the character of God unless you come up against tough situations in your life. If not, for the rest of your life, God will be a theory rather than a fact of his goodness in your life. And a lot of Christians right now fall apart because they've never stood still long enough to watch God work. They only sing the song, get emotional, and then bail when things get tough. If our generation is going to stand up and make a difference for God, you need to know that God is the real God, that he cares about you, that he loves you, that he makes a way, that he's all-powerful, and he's greater than anything that you're facing. It can't just be an idea. It can't just be a Sunday school lesson that you've learned when you were five. It can't just be something we sing about. It's got to be real in your life. But sometimes God brings you to something and says, just stop and watch me work. But I'm going to tell you now that it's hard to do. It is so, so hard to do. It's just to watch. I have asked God personally for that to happen in my life. Fear not, stand still, and see. Because I have stood still and heard, but I'm not satisfied with that. I'm glad you have a story. 
I'm glad I can read the stories. I'm glad Matthew West can write a song and put it on the screen and we can sing it and get excited. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Phil Wickham can tell you the story behind every single lyric. I'm glad for that. But God wants to be personally involved in your life as well, not just those around you. And until you get to the place where you just say, God, I want to see you, you won't see God. Because it's easier for us to have the attitude, whether we express it verbally or not. I wish I was back in Egypt. I wish I would have never gone on. I'd rather be in the bondage when we know that nobody would rather be in the bondage. But Satan messes with our minds so much that we'd rather go back to the bondage that we were in rather than exceed and experience the goodness of God. All I can do right now is wait. Trust in the timing of God. But I want my eyes wide open to see whatever God's going to do because I'm thankful for your story, but I want my own. God said, listen to this. He said, I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob. Who was that? That was the people that we read at the beginning of Hebrews 11. He said, I appeared unto them by the name God Almighty, but by the name Jehovah was I not known unto them. Do you understand that? He said, there's a generation that is risen up that they can look back and point to the God that was, but they don't know the God that is. God wants to be just as real in this room to us as we face the issues of our life as he was in that room when Daniel stepped into the lion's den. To watch and see. To stand still and witness it for yourself. But let me close with this. Know when nothing seems to be going right, know that God has a reason for everything. Every detail of this story, God was working. But like a puzzle, you're not gonna make, it's not going to make sense till it all comes together. And you're going to say, I know what the story was. Praise God. God got them to the other side. Nope. Because if God was just trying to get them to the other side, he would have led them the closer way and just helped them fight the war. God was using the Red Sea. God was using the complication to do something bigger in their lives. 14 verse 16, But lift up thy rod, stretch thy hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on, ground, on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Prayer is, Lord, make a way when there seems to be no way. That's great. Verse 21, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back. The strong wind all night and made the dry land and the waters were divided and the children of Israel went in the midst of the sea upon dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand to the left. He opens doors that only God can order. I, I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to say that's not part of the story. I'm not going to say it's awesome. I, I, I'm praying that God will open doors that I, I can't open and I want it to be so clear. Nobody stood there that day and said, did God do this? Everybody knew it was God. Nobody's like, is that the door we should go through? God made it so clear to them. Yes, that's I'm working. Sometimes we jump in and we try to swim and we just drown. But we need to wait on God to open a door that only he can open. Now notice this. And it came to pass in the morning watch. They looked and the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. Well, wait a minute. What, what is going on here? Can I, just, can I just point this picture out? Can we just lay this out? This is what Hebrews 11 was talking about. And you drown them at the end and you're saying, why is this? This is weird. This doesn't make sense. 
Why is God making it worse when he gave me, he's already doing a work and now he's making it worse. Don't take it from the perspective of you sitting in the church in 2023 saying, I know what happened. Take it from the perspective of them that did not know what was gonna happen. So here's what happens. They get to the Red Sea, they're stuck. Nothing they can do. Okay, God's gonna make a way, God's got a plan. Taps on his shoulder, there's the army, It's all of them. They wanna rip our heads off, they wanna kill us, they wanna drag us back into bondage again and there's nothing we can do. Now our hearts are fearing, now that I'm trapped, there's nothing that I can do. God wanted them there and God wanted the Red Sea. God wanted both of them. Because here's what happens. When they were in the timing of God, when God lined them up to be right there on top of them, then God opened the Red Sea and brought them through. The timing of God was perfect. They're going through the Red Sea, looking over their shoulders, going, any minute we could die, any minute we could die, any minute we could die. They get to the other side and God has them built up on the side of the Red Sea on the other side. And then the Egyptians charge after them. What goes through your mind? Did you bring me this far to fail? Do I have to stand here and watch them take my kids? And then all of a sudden, the wheels started falling off the chair. They get stuck in the mud. In that moment, when their enemy, when their past, when their fears, when all that opposition finally built up and got to them, God in his mercy, now notice this, for all of that, took his hands and literally just covered it with the Red Sea. Everything that represented for the rest of their life, they would be going through their life, looking over their shoulders, going, Mom, are they coming back? I hope not, sweetie. We can't think like that. Mom, are they going to drag me back into bondage? Mom, do you think the Egyptians would come and grab us in our sleep? That could happen. They were so angry when we left. Uh, that could happen, sweetie, but we've got to trust God. But in the mercy of God, through the Red Sea and everything that happened, God brought all the pieces together to bring them peace when there was no chance of peace. I don't know what God's doing in your life. But maybe God hasn't had you turn around yet to say, watch this, watch what I'm going to do. I'm about to bring peace into your life. I'm about to bring healing to your past. I'm about to cover those issues that were covering or haunting you forever. I'm about to do a work that you never saw coming. The Red Sea was a tool for God to bring peace to the, for the Israelites' hearts. God didn't stop working. Every bit of it from the timing of them coming, the Red Sea and everything was the timing of God to bring peace to a chaotic situation. Say, man, I wish God would do that. Well, don't quit. I don't know how else to put it. Just don't quit. Don't quit.